Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like the episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running. Second, if you are a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, we created an ebook for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All we charge is our admin cost to keep the show running. So if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says get the ebook to grab yourself a copy today. So with that said, let's dive right in. Today we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. Right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have with us Ryan Gibson. Ryan is the Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder of Spartan Investment Group. He is responsible for investor relations and capital raises for projects and has co- coordinated over $50 million in private capital. Spartan has grown to 35 full-time employees with over $130 million in projects under management and handles the acquisition, syndication, property asset management, and construction of its self-storage facilities. They are also a local Washington company, which makes me super excited because us Washingtonians got to stick together. So Ryan, thank you for hopping on the show today. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Absolutely. I told you before we hopped on here, we always start with stories. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Yeah. So uh, kind of the main, you know, dabbling in real estate, I did uh, pilot crash pads, but, but really the, the main uh, start of Spartan and the journey that we're on now um, happened in Washington, DC when I met my neighbor and uh, my neighbor had a few businesses that he started um, prior, but, you know, we, we really hit it off and started Spartan. That was uh, flipping houses and building condos and, uh, um, quickly wanted to get into self-storage because of its recession, recession-resistant uh, status um, during the down, the last down, two downturns. It was the least foreclosed upon asset class. And then we went to what scales the best. So the three E's, uh, easy to own, easy to evict, easy to maintain, because we wanted to build a company, not necessarily uh, just do deals. So um, that's kind of where it started. Um, and uh Alaska Airlines. I, I was a pilot for Alaska Airlines for a bit, and that moved me out to Seattle. Scott, my business partner, moved to Denver um, for a number of different reasons. And so we actually have an office in Westlake in Seattle, and we have an office in Golden. Uh, Golden is our primary headquarters. Um, and there's about, uh, there's 18 people there now in the headquarters office, which is cool. And there's about three of us right now in Seattle, actually four. We just hired somebody uh, to do acquisitions out here in the Washington market. So to focus nice. deep on Washington. <laughs> so that's how it got started. Started raising money, uh, learned about syndication, learned about, uh, we had a bit of background in development. That's kind of our core competency to do development stuff. 
and uh, just really good uh, stewards of running a business and growing teams. And my business partner is really good at strategy and building good culture and organizations. And that kind of those things together have really just made it something cool. So. Yeah, I love it. And it is, I mean, it's so important to have synergies when it comes to, you know, the the leadership team and then just your company in general. Um, that's really cool though. So you you moved to DC and you just saw your you and your neighbor just hit it off and you're like, let's do this. We're making a real estate company. Literally the guy 16 feet from my from my house. Yeah. In DC, <laughs> everything's, you know, attached row houses. Yeah. So yeah, we bumped into each other when I was checking the mail and uh he, bu- he ended up buying the house two doors down and then we ended up kind of fostering a relationship over time. And then we're like, Hey, we should do some, we should, we should start a business. So it was interesting, you know, like I didn't have the things to do, you know, I never really wanted to do something by myself. And then, you know, Scott had, you know, gone through a couple of different organizational startups. Um, and, you know, it was like, I had everything that he didn't, he had everything that I didn't have. So it was like this perfect, uh, you know, kind of combination of skill sets that really sparked, you know, the success that we have today. So that was really cool that it just happened so serendipitously, like in front of our houses, you know. So. Yeah, it's it's funny how life works sometimes. It's just uh, the most random encounters turn out to be one of the biggest things. I mean, you're sitting in front of an Inc. 500 uh, yeah. banner, so I know you guys are growing pretty quickly. Yeah, we were the eighth fastest growing uh, private real estate company uh, in 2020 and uh, in the United States. And then we we made the Inc. 500 and we were the 308th fastest growing real estate company. I think we had like a, a 1400%, I think that's what it was, 1400% revenue increase, um, you know, over a period of time. And uh, this year, so for 2021, I think it's up to 2500%. Revenue increase, yeah. So it's uh, it's really just accelerating. Um, every year it gets it just gets bigger and bigger. Um, and uh, we're doing more and more really cool projects. And what's great is we're building the team to do it. So we've got you know almost fifty employees now. So we can you know we can fund a deal uh, with private equity. So we have investors. We have about you know twenty five hundred or so investors on our list. We can uh, do it. You know, investors have the option to do debt or equity, which is really neat. Um, they get usually a, a security. They get a first position. They get uh, great interest and a, usually a point to close with a personal guarantee and a promissory note. So I think we're kind of unique there. Um, you know, from a from a kind of a scalability of lending, um, and then we do the equity. So if the investors want to own the projects, they can they can invest alongside us and you know, get a little bit more upside potential uh, there. And then we do everything. So we are the general contractor. We build the projects. We do the property management. So we'll take a project through really difficult entitlements and and build it, you know, so we'll be the contractor that builds it. And then we'll be the soft, you know, permitting. And then we'll, and then we'll property manage it. Um, and in a lot of cases, we'll see it all the way through disposition. And we're doing that at scale, which I think is what's unique about us. You know, we're doing um, our construction spend is about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day. Um, so we're doing uh, quite a bit of ground up development and, um, you know, building projects in, across five states, six states actually now. Um, so we're doing, uh, you know, ground up kind of everywhere with storage. So yeah. 
And in order to get that scale, I mean, you need to have, you need to build a business. This is, you're not just talking about, I mean, we mentioned it before we got on this podcast. You guys aren't just doing deals and there's nothing, there's no shame in just doing deals. It's a lot of fun to do deals, but you guys, you're growing a business, you're building out the systems. So there's a lot of different directions. Um, we can take this right now. I'm uh, the thing that really caught my mind. You said you had 2,500 investors. So you guys are really good at raising capital. You're really good at getting the the finances in order to make these, you know, these visions that you have for, uh, for the properties that you find a reality. Um, so kind of take us through, let's go through a few of your processes, starting right. off with raising capital. Um, like what do you guys do? What is the, uh, you know, the linchpin to that process for you? Yeah. So it really, um, what we do is, you know, Scott and I are excellent communicators and we understand very well what somebody, what kind of experience somebody wants to have. So we talk about like the CX or the customer experience, you know, the journey that an investor takes in the process and the touch points that that investor should have so that they have a good experience. And, you know, we both come from backgrounds uh, in sales and we understand what makes good sales. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're providing a solution to somebody, right? So somebody wants to be in real estate. They don't want to be active. They want to be passive, but they want to know what's going on. Or maybe they don't want to know what's going on, but they, or they want to check in, right? They want to know. And then they want to know, you know, how is it doing versus what we thought it was going to do? Um, and then they want to make sure that there's a ton of clarity, right? So when they invest in a project, they, you know, you know, a confused mind says no. So we want to make sure that when we put an offering in front of somebody, they clearly understand what that what they're getting into and, and the, the risks. Um, and I think the more upfront you are with people that this is a risky investment, you know, the more it builds trust. And then you can kind of say, like, remember, we talked about that being a risk and, you know, well, this is how we're dealing with it. And then, you know, the last thing is capable team. You know, if you, you know, if you're a one man band and trying to do all this stuff yourself, um, that's OK. Everybody starts there. Um, I also think that, you know, if I'm investing with somebody, I'm investing in that person. Sure. But then I'm also kind of investing in their company. So even though it's a deal specific investment, you know, unlike a REIT, you know, you invest with a REIT, you're not buying any real estate when you invest with a REIT, you're buying that company, right? You're not, it's kind of like Coca-Cola, you know, you're, if you buy shares in Coca-Cola, you're not buying Coca-Cola, right? You're buying parts of Coca-Cola that, you know, the company, right? So like when you invest in real estate, you're investing in a project, right? So you need to know that that company has the capability to handle that asset. So, you know, we built out a team of, of people that can handle all aspects. So it's really helped us, you know, if somebody has a question about, hey, how's the property doing? How's the occupancy? What's the feeling in the market? I can turn to our property management team because we directly control that. Um, you know, I can turn to my construction manager. We can be more efficient with things. You know, I'm more integrated into the operation that way. But I want to get into some specifics, you know, like, okay, so what do you guys do, right? Yep. Number one, we communicate systematically, programmatically every month on the first of every month. So every yep. month there's a communication that goes out to our investors, good, bad, or indifferent. We share the entire, and we share the entire portfolio. So if you invest in one project or 10 projects, you're going to know exactly what our portfolio is doing. You're only, you're only, you know, your, your investment is only going to be based on that one project. We do a deal by deal project level. But every month you're going to get a communication. Communication is going to have things like occupancy, uh, value creation to date, and what we're planning on doing in the future. 
and kind of what the project was when we closed, right? That's that's kind of the basics of it. Sometimes it comes with a video, sometimes it might have pictures, just depends on how what we get to for that specific asset that in that past 30 days. Every month, 5 a.m., first of the month, doesn't matter what's going on in your life, that goes out every month, right? So the investors know that that's coming every month. The next thing we do is on a quarterly basis, we send financials. Financials are not a PL and a balance sheet, not what's in the bank account. It's it's a pro forma versus actual for the quarter okay. and all trailing history. So we show revenue, expense, net uh, NOI, and distribution. So the investor in 25 seconds can look at our uh, financials and know pro forma versus actual immediately. They can see, okay, this asset's doing better or worse than what we thought, what we projected, right? And a little bit of a story. We also give them a financial statement. So imagine, you know, you go to you go to Schwab or T. Rowe Price and you go online and you pull a statement. You can see exactly how your assets been performing or your, your portfolio. We have that as well. So we give them a, a statement and we tell them where all their money is, what projects in, what their returns to date are, all that stuff. And we do that. We have an investor management software that we use for that. So quite a lot of communication. The third thing that we do is we do a conference call. So think of this as like an earnings call. You know, now we have, we're, we're overseeing, I think, 20 syndications right now, 20 different, um, you know, projects. So, you know, we don't have, we used to do it project by project, but we don't really have time to do that now. And neither do the investors that have invested in 15 projects. I mean, they'd be on calls all day or long, right? <laughs> so we basically are like, you know, because a lot of our investors, they're just doing 100,000 in every deal. You know, yeah. every deal that comes out, 100,000, 100,000, 100,000, 100,000. So they're kind of in every deal. So we used to do like a call for every deal. And we quickly realized like, okay, these calls are only taking 10 minutes. And then, you know, there's a gap of 20. And then now the investor is waiting for the next call and they got to burn up their whole afternoon. So we do a a company-wide call. And this is really neat. I don't think any other syndication company is doing this. We do a state, kind of a state of the union every quarter. So like who we've hired, what's going on at corporate, uh, big wins for the quarter, we kind of make them like a Spartan, like a Spartan investor, even though they're not investing in Spartan investment group, they're investing in what we do. So um, we have kind of a state of the union, you know, what's going on at our company. Um, and then we, we do a high level five minute, like, okay, let's talk about this project. This is what's going on. This is what we're doing. This is what we're concerned about. This is what's going well. And we go project by project. So that's, that's our communication strategy. Uh, we share that communication strategy in a, in a, you know, in a pamphlet, you know, a brochure that we say, this is what we're committed to. We also nice. put it in the operating agreement. So if it's in the operating agreement, it's in writing that we're going to do that communication because syndications are great and invent, real estate investing is great. But if you're doing it passively, it's, you know, it's illiquid, you know, real estate's an illiquid investment. It's not like T row or whatever. You have a market reaction. You can just push a button and get your money back. You can't do that in this business. So Communication is the number one thing for us. Um, yeah. Communication and transparency. Um, you know that, that. So I think that's kind of a big, a big process that we that we undertake. And we have three people on our investor relations team that contribute to that process. So it's it's a lot of work to yeah. do that. No, I yeah. I can imagine. And I, the first thing, the thing that I really like that you said, you said a confused mind says no, and everything that you just listed there addresses that fact. That if I mean you're dealing with people's money, this is their livelihood. And so if they're confused at all, they get anxiety comes up or they'll say no if you're actually looking for their first investment. So I love that you guys do that. Super, a lot of communication sounds like the solution if you're talking about um, raising capital. You've also talked a lot about building a team. 
Um, I know this is a 20 minute podcast, so we can't go super deep into this, but I do want to touch on it. Uh, Team building is, is crucial, especially, I mean, you guys, you said 50, 35 full-time employees. It's closer to 50 now since we've updated, we we hired uh, four people on Monday. So yeah, (laughs) and more acquisitions and stuff since we last spoke. So we're, we're buying two self-storage facilities every month now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. So let's go into um, in team building and building your your actual business in terms of the people that you bring on into your culture sure. into your your company. Um, how do you go about? I mean, so we're a lot. Uh, you know, my my partnership we're a lot behind you guys. You guys have have grown pretty quickly, and that's awesome to see. Um, I've noticed that a really difficult thing is to one identify specifically what position needs to be hired and then two to find a good candidate and bring them in make them feel like they are part of the team so what do you guys do to really address those two issues yeah in summary hire slow fire fast so (laughs) we spend a and and nobody's a hiring genius but it takes it's you can you can try to filter so um one thing that we do is uh we have to do three we require our applicants to do three personality tests Mm-hmm. Um, as a pre-screen and we take the personality test very seriously. So we do like the, uh, Myers-Briggs and, um, a couple other ones, uh, that assess their personalities. Um, this does a lot of things. We don't want just anybody just shotgunning resumes out to work at our company. We want people that have, that understand what Spartan is, who really want to work here and who are passionate about real estate. And, um, you know, we vet them through the process. You know, if you don't want to spend a half an hour, 45 minutes doing our assessments, then you're probably not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we do a pre-screen. So we have a, we have a, um, a one of our uh, property admins do a pre-screen, 15 minute pre-screen, just make sure that we get all the administrative stuff out of the way. Um, if they get elected for that, then they get another interview where they come in and they talk to um, some of our employees. They do like a panel interview. Um, and then if they pass the panel, um, you know, if it's, I think it has to be unanimous, I'm not quite sure. Then, um, it ultimately goes to, um, the executive review. So me and Scott, uh, will do a fit interview. So we'll actually call them in and say, Hey, everybody says that you're capable of doing this job. Now we want to make sure you're good for the culture. We're keepers of the culture. So we ask very open-ended questions, uh, to get people talking about, um, you know, just kind of their fit and how they would get, get into a position. And we go through their personality assessments and we make sure that their personality assessments are fits for the role. And I'll give you an example, you know, Chatty Cathy, who's not attention to detail on a personality assessment is probably not a good CPA or an accountant <laughs> or a bookkeeper. Right. Um, you know, but Chatty Cathy, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's open-minded and, and free flowing, you know, might be a good salesperson. You know, so, you know, those personality, you know, that's an extreme example, but those personality tests are a big deal. And we look at them and we look for inconsistencies and we look for uh, fits within the organization because we do, um, you know, we do the baseball cards where, you know, when they do come out of the organization, every employee gets a baseball card and we, we know who each other are. We know what type of personalities that we're dealing with in the organization to help work, to be- work better together as a team. So we're not just doing those assessments just to screen people out. We're doing them because we actually use them. But also, like, if somebody is unwilling to do them, it's kind of like, just go keep shotgunning your resumes to other people and waste their time. 
you know, because we, yep. we want people who truly understand our culture and want to be part of this team. Yep. Um, the other thing, the other thing for hiring is you got to set up an environment where people want to be, you know, being a Spartan is a big deal. Um, and people love uh, working here. And it's because we set them up for success. We are a high growth organization. Um, you know, we're, we're 50 people now, we'll probably be 100 people by the end of the year. Um, and if you, you know, we do, we have an ESOP program, so you can buy the company, you can buy into the organization. Um, we pay for Epic passes. Uh, we have unlimited PTO policies. Uh, we have a progressive um, in the office policy where, you know, we, we adopted this way before COVID. Um, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be in the office on Monday and Friday. It's only Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, 10 to, you know, and core hours are 10 to 2. So you just got to be in the office during that time for collaboration. We're not 100% remote. I know that's a thing and, and that works for some people, but we're growing way too fast to be, you know, in our home office with kids running around in distractions and mm-hmm. without any opportunity to collaborate with people. So we, we, are, we are, you know, call it old school office people. Um, but, but we also have a ton of fun when we're in the office, you know, yesterday, the whole team went out to top golf and we all had a, you know, a, a, a company outing, right. We, we went to Moab last year and rented razors and cabins and, and we, you know, we, we grow together as a team. So it's very fun. You know, it's very fun, very flexible. Um, but we expect people to really want to be there and be really hard workers. So, you know, and we care about people. We really passionately care about our employees. You know, that the old saying is like, you build employees and your employees will build your company. So we put a lot of effort, you know, going away from this like distracting real estate thing where everybody's focused on the deal. We're focused on the people and the company because that will that will breed everything else, you know. Um, so, you know, we're very passionate about you know taking care of people. Um, we we do every week on our sync. We have a, a, a company wide sync call every Wednesdays, and the first thing we do is everybody in the room has to say a grateful for somebody else on the team. So, you know, we, what we like to say, you know, Hey, I'm grateful for so-and-so for doing this or, or really stepping up and taking that, taking action on this. And that gives a sense of like, Hey, I know we're just doing our job here, but you know, I appreciate what you do for us, you know, or what we do in it, in it, you know, and we also reinforce the values of our company. We're a very values driven company. So having kind of all that stuff put together, it not only helps attract employees, but it helps retain them, helps build a great culture. Um, you know, performance and hard work. Um, and then it also, you know, helps get the right people on the bus. And that's why we're so careful about who we hire because we want to make sure they have that cultural fit um, yep. because, you know, we're, we've built something great. We don't want to, you know, get, get rid of that as we go. So, yep. Yep. It all starts with who you bring on the team. So I love, I mean, you guys do a lot of due diligence up front, and then you do a ton of work to make sure that, you know, you're, you're providing an environment that people want to work in. So I love hearing that. Um, we have, we've blown through our time limit. So I do got to push us on a little bit quicker here. Uh, before we get into the quick question round, I do just want to ask, I think you mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but you know, it's already gone my brain. So why is self-storage? What really draw, drew you into self-storage? The last two recessions, it was the least foreclosed upon asset class. We looked at the performance of, of self-storage during good times, and it outperformed the S&P and all other REITs by 3x. Wow. So you want, you want the best asset class during a good time and the best asset class during a d- bad time. Um, I think manufactured housing and self-storage are the two things, so period. I mean, multifamily and all this other stuff. Here's the thing. There's a huge sort of multifamily until... Until there's not, until people can't afford 
to live in apartments and they go move in with their parents or they they move out and move into mobile homes. So I think I think when you look at recession resistant asset classes, I think storage and mobile homes are the two only asset classes out there. And we're not a big mobile home per- company. It's yeah. Just that's not our focus. Our focus is storage. But when you look at the two best performers, those are the two best performers, period. So yeah. we, we we don't really care. You know, we celebrate the upside and we want upside for our investors. But our focus is on what can go wrong not what can go right. Everybody, too many people focus on, you know, oh, I can make 20% on this deal. It's like, yeah, but you can, you could lose 80%, you know? So we really want to be in asset classes that are that protect your downside. And the, the other thing about storage, easy to own, easy to evict, easy to maintain the three E's. So, um, you know, multifamily, we can build something in Seattle or Washington and not worry about tenant landlord laws. We can be mm-hmm. in these great markets and not worry about eviction moratoriums yep. or anything like that. So we like that. Um, it's the most automated thing you can be in. Um, you know, all, most of our facilities, well, all of our facilities are highly automated. Um, and then, so it's easy, ease of operations and then easy to, uh, build, you know, slab on grade foundation, metal walls, you know, there's no cabinets, toilets, appliances, paint, trim fixtures, you know, anything like that. There's no tenant turnover maintenance items. You know, it's, 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 you know, concrete slabs and, and metal walls typically. So, Perfect. So we really like that, you know, less yeah. variability in CapEx. Yep. And, and we're, uh, you know, we're in mobile home parks as well. You knew this. And so, you know, preaching the choir here, I, I totally love uh, your asset class and, and uh, it sounds like it's going well for you guys. Um, before we, I do want to ask one more question, I'm going to, I'm just going to blow yeah. through our 20 minute uh, mark here um, because I, I focus a lot on the marketing and uh, bringing in leads for our group. And sure. I know that you do as well. So it would be remiss of me if I didn't ask what are the best uh, methods that you guys use to generate new leads, new uh, self-storage leads for your company? Oh, so for, for buying deals, not investors. For buying deals. Yep. Yeah. Buy, okay. So for buying deals, uh, you know, um, you, have a, you have to have a reputation. You know, I, I know that, that everybody says this, but really like when you talk to a broker and you're investing final on a, on, on a purchase and there's seven offers, why are they going to pick you? You know, we have a hundred percent contract to close ratio, meaning that anything we've ever put under contract, we've bought. Oh, wow. Right? Big companies out there, they just shotgun up, you know, a gazillion offers and they close on 30% of them and they get a reputation for not being a closer. Right. So I would say that one of the biggest things you can do is build a reputation. Um, if you can solve the money problem and the finance problem, right? Because every time you buy a park, what are you going to run into? You're going to run into financing problems. That's the number one killer of all deals. So you can't, you know, the bank loan pulls out or the hard money lender didn't do this or they won't lend on this because it's got a lagoon or it's, you know, whatever, right? So if you can solve the financing problem, that will increase your contract to close ratio, thereby increasing your reputation. So I think if you can take some variability out of, um, uh, you know, get, get your reputation solid, um, and, uh, you know, I think that that is the, the you know, that's the broker relationship because, you know, I, you know, everybody says, yeah, go out and network, network with brokers. OK, yeah, that works. You can go out, you can find 300, 400 brokers in the space and you can get them to send you, you know, get on their list, get on their distributions and be on their call for offers and, you know, and stuff like that. But really, you know, if you start performing for brokers, they're going to say, you know, they're going to get a lead. And before they list it on the um, you know, the thing, they're going to call you and they're going to say, hey, I know that Gabe and crew are the guys that get it done. And they know, you know, hey, you want to take first look. And if you drop everything you're doing and take a look and have a way to analyze it and make a decision and make a commitment, um, you know, and you have that reputation to close, 
you know, the broker, remember they're representing the seller as well. So they're going to say, Hey, uh, you know, seller, like I got a group and they just buy everything I give them if they like it. And they, and they said they like it. So you want to just, you want to go under contract or, you know, and then the seller might say, no, I'll let it go to market. And the first day we put it under contract, right? That's one way, you know, letters, um, you know, uh, coming up with your own system, you know, like, let's find all the dirt zone manufactured housing, or let's, you know, let's find all owners over, you know, age 80 that, you know, are probably going to sell that, you know, in a trust, whatever it might be, right? So, you know, there's off-market, non-market, you know, I could sit here and say, oh, all the on-market deals suck. I could say, no, there's <laughs> deals that are on the market, right? There's there's de- always deals to be had. So, yep. and then, you know, one thing I encourage you to do is you may look at some deals and think you can't buy them and you just haven't gotten creative enough. So like the way you set up your business, the way you fee model your, your assets and your acquisitions, Take a close look at how people are buying five and a half cap deals, six cap deals, five cap deals, right? You know, don't chase the 10 caps because they're 10 caps because they may be 10 cap, you know, 15 pad parks, mm-hmm. right? And that yep. feels good, but that's a lot of work for not a lot of return, yep. right? You may go after a six cap that's bigger or a five cap that's bigger. There's a reason why the REITs are placing these big dollars into the bigger parks and not the smaller ones, yep. right? So you know, your acquisition strategy might help get you deal flow, might get you more, more leads and acquisitions. So um, I found that the bigger, the bigger the deal is for us, the better it is, but the bigger the deal it is, the harder it is to get because there's more money chasing it. So you just got to get, you got to figure out what you want to do, what your investment thesis is, and that will really help increase your deal flow. Perfect. I love it. All right. On that note, I'm going to push us into the final round. This is the quick question round. I actually didn't mention to this, this to it. you before we got on the podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's no problem. Um, this is just a, basically a quick round. I'm going to ask you quick questions. Give me quick answers in response and we'll call it good. Always starts okay. out with books because I'm a big bookie. So give me two book recommendations, one for real estate and one for general life wisdom. Um, scaling up is a book that I'm reading now. Um, so if you want to talk about scaling a company, that's really good, uh, for wisdom, I guess, um, for real estate, uh, you know, scaling up in traction by, um, you know, Wickman, um, traction is a great one. Um, if, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, uh, systems and things like that, um, one more company one, I'll give you three and then that'll be (laughs) good. Um, no rules, rules, uh, the Netflix story, um, is another (laughs) good one. So those are three really good business books. That right. I'd recommend. Um, real estate. I mean, you know, I really liked uh, uh, the ABCs of real estate investing. I read that. It was like my first book that I read for, um, it, you know, um, for getting to know, uh, you know, kind of like NOI underwriting, you know, some processes for like getting deals in new markets and stuff like that. I think that was a pretty, you get the core basics in that book. Perfect. I love it. Yep. All right, moving on. This one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Ryan who was a pilot who had no idea about real estate, you know, still in the DC area, hadn't met your partner yet, go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Start raising money faster. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? I always tell this this quick analogy. You have a million dollars in your bank account. Just pretend like you got a million dollars in your bank account and you find a deal that costs a million dollars to do. And and there's a profit of a million dollars. So you're going to put in a million, you're going to make a million and it's going to take a year. Let's just say you find this deal, right? And you think to yourself, well, I'm just going to do this deal myself. Why would I share this deal with anybody else? Right? That doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to make a hundred percent return on my money and do my own deal. Why do I need investors? Right? 
Well, let me tell you why, because you can go out and raise a million dollars from investors to do that deal. And you can say to your investor, hey, I'll give you 20%. So I'll give $200,000 to, to you to do that. A lot of investors would say, that's a really good deal. 20% return on my money in a year, not bad. You still make 800,000, they make 200,000, life is good, right? And then you get their money back, right? Now you can take your million dollars and you can go build a company. You can go hire four acquisitions people and give them a salary. You can go hire an HR person, a bookkeeper, a, a construction manager, all these other things, right? And now instead of doing one deal like that a year, now you're doing 20 deals like that a year. So instead of making 800,000, you're making 160, you know, 20 Whatever times. that math, math is, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, 1.16 million, right? Or whatever it would be, right? So, so, so when you think about raising money, you know, if you can raise money and, and, and get investors, it's, it's a game changer. And the only advice I'd give is, you know, and I wouldn't need to give this to myself because I think I do a good, good job of it, but you know, it's not for everybody. You know, when you, when you screw around with your own money and you lose it, it's not a big deal. When you take somebody else's money and you lose it, that's a big deal. So um, we've never lost anybody's money. We've only been profitable to date, but um, having, having said that, you know, it, it is a different responsibility when you do that, but the best companies in the world, Microsoft, Amazon, they all have shareholders, stockholders, they all, you know, they don't have all their own money in the deal. And that's how they get scale is they get VCs, they get, they get investors, right? So I would go back and say, you know, do this faster and focus on this sooner. Um, and, and so that way you can truly use the capital that you have to start building your company. So we did that eventually, but it just took a little longer. So I would collapse that time timeline a little bit. Perfect. Raise capital. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, and yeah. you've already kind of mentioned this one a little bit, but uh, next question is about your superhero strength. We all have strengths. You already know this from your personality tests. What is your Superman strength? What are you really good at? Um, grit. So I don't quit. I love it. I have the tenacity to do anything. Um, you know, I, I think relationship, I could say, you know, relationship building is one, you know, just kind of, you know, meeting people getting to know, like trust, but I think grit is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, I've gone through many different challenging, um, you know, we, this, and just in this past year, you know, I was able to score a 92% LTC ground up 12 and a half, 12.7 million dollar loan. Um, you know, it's like, well, wait, wait, I thought, you know, you had to be 70% or whatever, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can do. And, and if you don't quit, you don't give up. That's a big one. Um, you know, I've gone through some of the, you know, and I, I do this with a team, but you know, I've led the charge on, you know, entitling very difficult projects. Um, and it's like a never quit mentality. And I think that is really, you know, the building blocks to, you know, what's, you know, what, what is my superhero strength or whatever you called it. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, grit is definitely important, especially in real estate because things always go wrong. It is a guaranteed, if you're 100% in real everything. estate, things are going to go wrong. That is for sure. All right, moving on to the next one. And this is about location. So the United States is a huge place. You guys are investing all over the U.S. What mm -hmm. area are you most excited about? Uh, I'm excited about the areas that have population, income, and job growth. Um, 
And if you go to our website, spartan-investors.com, we have Spartan Map, and we've outlined all those locations, 150 markets that we look at in the United States. Um, I love the, of the I love the Pacific Northwest. I, I think some of the richest equity deals, development deals you can do are right here in Washington. There is a ton of money to be made. Um, the, 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 we have one of the best economies uh, in the country. Uh, we have people living here. We have, you know, it, we've got the biggest companies. We have the two richest people in the world that live here. I think it's, and, and there's just trickle down from that. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is a great market. Pacific Northwest is a great market. You know, we're also in Texas. You know, there's a lot of great things about Texas. You know, there's, um, you know, in tax incentives, there's growth there, there's employment. Um, so I think Texas is a good market as well. Uh, you know, and we're also in parts of Arkansas. We're in Northwest Arkansas. That's a great market. I mean, there little, little did I know before we started looking at a deal there in Northwest Arkansas, you've got five Fortune 500 companies in Bentonville, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah, Walmart, Tyson's Foods, and J.B. Hunt. Five Fortune wow. 500 companies right there in a, in a tiny little market. And you never really think about it. And then you do the demos and you're like, holy cow, this is a good market. You know, there's 2% solid uh, job growth there. So, you know, I, I would say, you know, and then we're, we're south of Atlanta too. And there's, you know, that's a good market. So I, we just look for markets where there's, you know, two plus percent uh, year over year uh, population growth, income growth, job growth, and, you know, net migration, positive migration of people. We don't, we don't go to markets where there's, you know, we're not, you know, in Ohio, we don't look anywhere in Ohio except Columbus because Columbus is the only market that's actually growing. Cleveland's dying. Toledo's dying. Cincinnati's kind of flat, right? So we look in markets that just that have pure population, net, net migration growth. Like Detroit is not growing. I'm sorry. I'm from there. I can talk about it. It's not <laughs> growing. It's, it's dying. It's, it's going down in population. There's great things happening there, but it's, you know, year over year, there's a, there's a decline in population. Yep. Um, so yeah. All right. Nope. Makes sense. And a lot of PNW pride here. So I will not argue with you on that one. <laughs> Going into the last question. And this one is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice about how to raise capital, how to build a team, how to build a real business. So I'm sure people want to reach out, say hi. What is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Our website is uh, spartan-investors.com. Or my email is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at spartan-investors.com. All right, perfect. And for everybody listening and watching, I will put that URL in the show notes. So if you see the little more in the description, click that bad boy. It'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can see Ryan's link. Click there. Click through that and uh, say hi. So Ryan, yeah, thank you again for hopping on. It's been a pleasure having you here. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason that we do this. So we appreciate having you here. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to me at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. 
In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.